Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Sud Show and the promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Calamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. Hey, we don't even have time for all of the uh, intro music and all that. So much to get to on this Friday on the Gridiron Stud Show. It is the post-2015 NFL Draft first round edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. And, uh, Emil, there's just that feeling of football being in the air that's getting everyone excited. Are you excited with me? I am excited. You know who's not excited today? Who's that? That tackle from LSU who was pretty much in the – Everybody's top 25 on ESPN, Kuyper and McShay, and he's got that murder investigation where he's not a suspect as far as I know, and uh, he dropped right out of the first round. Don't you hate when murders get in the way of the first round of the NFL? You, you know, I it, have a they told me that. I heard that murders can get in the way of the first round. Yeah, it could be a, could be a bit of a problem, and not to make light of someone losing their life here. But you know what, with these guys, I have a suggestion. I think if someone could come up with, a retreat for potential uh, first and second round draft picks. Like, um, you know how guys go away for yeah, rehab? Like they say, yeah, they, they send you like a... Yeah, like, like a, open, op, open up a center somewhere remote where there's very little trouble that you could get into and have counselors there round the clock and snatch these guys up in January. They could do their training there as well and keep them all the way up until two or three days before the draft, just total and absolute seclusion no weed, no drinking, and uh, all of the other vices that can get in a guy's way. I think the first guy that comes up with an idea for that uh, may make some serious money. I know there are agents that will probably pay through the nose to get their guys. Yeah, there. but you know what? Unfor- you know, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on who you are, it, it, you know, some of these transgressions, I mean, obviously I made some light of that, that guy with, you know, mm-hmm. involved in that murder case. Uh, but, you know, the other ones didn't seem to really hurt these guys. I mean, they did their stuff and still ended up getting drafted in the first round. Yeah, but why take the chance? You know what I mean? Oh, why I wasn't. I'm, <laughs> I'm not advocating yeah, like, doing it. a guy in seclusion. You know, the only thing that would stop that is that uh, there's so much pre-draft hype and, and stuff that these guys do now. There's the, uh, like, reality shows leading up to the draft. Um, there's, you know, negotiation of contracts with shoe deals and other endorsements. That's the only thing that would prevent something like this from happening. But for some of these guys, man, this is what you damn need, you know, just total oh, and absolute seclusion. It would be great for Amazing. the Like you said, the agents would love it. Yeah, I think they'd pay through the nose. They'd, but the oh, they'd pay through the nose, the no way. doubt. 
the agents are also the same ones trying to broker all these other pre-draft deals too. So, um, yeah. you know, they'd have to weigh all that out. So that's what we I don't know. You know, what, uh, there's one thing I, I was, I was like one of those guys that I was sitting in disbelief last night because it's hard for me to reconcile my own mind after years of making fun of them that, that mm-hmm. actually Jerry Jones actually looks like a guy who's, going to someday be in that club of all the teams we admire. He just I don't know, maybe is maybe maybe he just is is looking at the waitresses bringing them drinks or something and he's letting uh, his son do the stuff because he just sat there and did what I was hoping he'd do, pick the guy that, you know, fell to him. And I saw some teams do that last night. Uh we'll get maybe to he's that. Maybe a little old and tired, man. He just let other people run with Yeah, but you know, you, you is, can uh... almost tell the teams that don't reach and I feel like my team is becoming one of them finally. And 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 usually when you don't reach and you just you sit there and you let that draft come to you, good things happen. And when you start trying to move around and maneuver and and draft for need, usually it kind of gives, leaves you with head scratchers. So I can't wait till we go through this this draft. I'm excited today. Yeah, but before we get to the draft, there is also this is a very big, uh, you know, sports weekend that we've got going on right here. We've got the draft going on. We've got the Kentucky Derby coming up. We've got the huge mega fight between Mayweather and Pacquiao coming up on Saturday night. And then we also have a Game 7 in the L.A. Clippers versus uh, San Antonio Spurs series. So, um, hey, one of the great sports weekends we've got coming oh, up. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I'm surprised. I mean, you know, I, I I really, really thought the Clippers would put them away last night and uh, – you know the the the, the, I mean, Spurs the, Clippers, the Clippers, the Spurs. Yeah. I thought the Spurs would put the Clippers away, and I'm actually surprised. You know, at the Clippers showing some heart here, and uh, maybe they do it this year. Maybe they take out the, the Spurs. Well, you know, the Clippers have been up and coming, so you had to think at some point they would get it all together. I don't know if this is it, but it's a good sign them taking the Spurs to seven games. If you're the Spurs, this is the kind of team you just really didn't want to face in the first round. Um, you know, a, a team with nothing to lose, with a ton of talent that if they get it together could be a serious problem for a team like the Spurs who are really mired in the core of their team, which is aging, you know, when you're talking about... But the, Parker, the whole Western division Duncan. is just brutal. So, you know, you have the Spurs who go out and I think they won 55 games and end up in the six hole. So, it, mm-hmm. you know, that Western division is brutal. I mean, the next round there is already shaping up to be... You know, a couple of battle royals. You're going to have uh, the Warriors, I believe, playing the Grizzlies, which should be, you know, a, a good series in that they both play contrasting styles. I mean, the Warriors want to score mm-hmm. 120 points, and the Grizzlies play really good defense. So you're going to, you know, mm-hmm. as, as Vince Scully says, it's going to be push against shove there. And, yeah. uh, you know, the other series, you got the Rockets, who have a nice team, and they're going to play the winner of this one. So, I mean, you're not going to get a bad series regardless of who wins this Game 7. I think you have, you know, the potential for two really good series there. A testament to how things are out west, the team that everyone really talked about for the last five years, half a decade, was the Oklahoma Thunder, uh, and they didn't make it. Granted, Durant was out for a good part of the year, but, uh, you know, they didn't make it, and they have one of the premier superstars in the league, uh, playing on their team, and they weren't even able to. And they stole a great coach yesterday from the University of Florida. They did indeed do that. Well, see, we don't even have room to talk about that today. But, yes, the uh, University of Florida is losing a very good coach in uh, Billy Donovan, going to try his hand at the uh, NBA basketball game. Um, uh, who knows where he's going to fall in line there. Will he uh, be uh, just another one of those great 
college basketball coaches who just couldn't hack it at the uh, NBA level, or is he going to be one of those guys who makes something happen there? I just think things got a little stale and old for him at Florida, and it was probably yeah. time for him to move on. So and before we get off the, co- the basketball, I mean, I want to really congratulate the Milwaukee Bucks last night on that performance. What in the world was that? You know, I'm watching a draft. I see the ticker going across the screen, 82-33. I was like, man, what what, what happened to the Bucks there? How do you go out and do that in an elimination game? And it wasn't like it was a game four elimination game. They had the series at 3-2. So they managed to win a couple games here. How do you go out and lose by 54 points? They it was an annihilation points. game, not an elimination game for them is what it turned into. Oh, my uh, God. That's a classic uh, we shot our load game right yeah, there. Yeah, like, I guess. I'm gonna, we're going to roll over and go to sleep here. Um, and you guys let us know when this is all over. So, uh, well, the East, the East is shaping up for a potential for a, a, a good, I think, a good final series. If I think we the Bulls are at, We don't have time for the East today. Are you kidding me? We don't have time to talk. What do you mean? We have time to say that. Don't you think the Bulls-Hawks would be a nice series if they can play each other? I mean, listen, I think the Hawks are just floating around in the background there. They're just going to have to prove something to people. Maybe winning the second round would get people to really start talking about Atlanta Hawks or basketball. Or Bulls-Cavaliers, you know, you could, eventual final series. I mean, you have well, a lot everyone's of, I mean, counting the Cavs out now because Kevin Love's on the shelf. He hurt his shoulder. He got his shoulder hurt. So Yeah, well, I'm not, um, I know that, but I'm not counting the, uh, a team with LeBron James out. So, sorry. Oh. Yeah, you folks down here in Miami, uh, you know, don't agree with you. you know, the, well, you, whatever, but you know how it is. There's some great player, man. Sour grapes. Yeah, sour, sour grapes. grapes. Okay, he let's go to football. I'm, I'm done with my hoops. No, done, no football enough. yet. Come on, man. Follow what do you want to talk about now? We'll get to the football in, in the second round. Uh, we do need to talk about a boxing match that's coming up here. And, you know, when this thing first came down, it was really all Mayweather. If you ask people who's going to win this thing, it was really a whole lot of Mayweather, and as we've gone along here, the uh, public opinion swinging a little bit more in Pac-Man's way, and I don't want to say it's evened up. Uh, the majority of people are still thinking Mayweather is going to be the guy in this thing. What is your opinion on what's going to happen in this thing on Saturday night, uh, probably early Sunday morning? Well, I feel comfortable in saying that I don't think, unless somebody just lands just a lucky punch, I don't think either guy is going to knock the other guy out. So therefore, you know, it's going it's going 12 rounds and see that that's where to me boxing is a little bit like gymnastics you're asking me to predict with those clowns at ringside let me ask you this since we're on boxing and we'll talk about the fight but this ties in why is boxing one of the only sports in the world where we don't know the score as it goes along i mean if the clippers and spurs played 48 minutes for this game seven, and at the end, when it was all over, they turned the scoreboard on and said, "Hey, by the way, the Clippers won 112 to 108." Would you watch that? I mean, why can't we have the score of the judges after a round with a scoreboard? In other words, okay, round one's over. Uh, Judge Chad hey, has it. Interesting thought there. Uh, I think we're probably going to need a little time to think about some of the reasons why that wouldn't be uh, a good thing to do. Um, to put the score up? This, yeah, there's got to be a good reason, man. Come well, I'd on. like to – listen, it's, it's a good, here's why it's a good reason, because they couldn't fix fights. Listen, if the score is up at the end of round one and you watch the round at that point and you look over and you see, uh, you know, a guy get thoroughly dominated and Judge Chad scores the round even, 
it would resonate in your mind, like, how the hell did he score that round well, even? What are you going to do about it? Like, hey, seriously, all right? Seriously, Mayweather and Pacquiao get in the ring. Third round, Mayweather uh, really staggers Pacquiao. And, and, I mean, he wins the round, and it's 10-9 Pacquiao, according to uh, Judge Meredith Flynn. What do you well, because eventually what you're going to do is then it's going to it's going to shine light on the cockroaches and and you're either going to clean this board up or it's going to go away. I mean, I just don't understand the sport where at the end they tell us who won. I mean, seriously. I mean, at the end of the you know they, these guys are in there for an hour. It goes the whole twelve rounds and then we get in the center and somebody says, "Okay, this guy won." <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I've never quite thought about it that way, but uh, perhaps perhaps that is a thought. I mean, there is a running score. The, I mean, they try to guess it on HBO and ESPN. There is a running score, just nobody knows what the hell it is. Oh, uh, well, you know what? I'm going to throw that out to our Twitter audience here. Um, what would they think of a running – what do you want? A, a running – At the end of every round, I want to know what each judge has the, score, the fight at. It's not, I'm not asking for a lot. Judge Calamino right, well, has it has it twenty to to nineteen for Pacquiao at the end of round two. I mean, is that hard? I'm gonna I'm gonna see if anyone comes out uh, with a legit reason, okay? And I stress legit, legit reason why that shouldn't be done. It's gonna be interesting to see what the. Uh, but you you wait. Thinks. Let's talk about the fight though. Do you disagree? That I I really don't see one of them knocking the other one out unless it's just one of those punches where, you know, a guy misses and you land perfectly. I just don't think. I think both guys. You know, are just they're not they're not they're not knockout guys to begin with unless you know unless it breaks the right way and I think they're both fighting good. Obviously, each guy's a great fighter. Well, well, Mayweather's never really been a knockout guy. No, counter puncher, dodger, runner, whatever you want to call him, never really been that. Pacquiao at one point was a killer, would go in there and just knock people out, but not really that type of boxer. Uh, at this point, not as big a boxer, not as heavy a punch. Well, the weight, that's the other the thing. You know, by the time these guys usually get in the ring, they're over 155 pounds. And, and he, you know, he started off in a lighter division. So I don't think he's naturally fighting at the right weight where for power. So I just don't see him, you know, knocking this guy out at this weight. Do you know what I mean? Um, True, true. And I think it's it's probably going to be a real tactical thing. Uh, I expect both boxers to be feeling each other out in the early rounds. Um, I still, there's still the chance, though, Emil, that someone could get hit with a pretty good shot in this thing, and it could it could turn like that. Everyone's looking for that drama, but more than likely, this thing goes to the cards, some kind of controversial decision, and then you know what comes after that, right? Do I need to rematch? Another three hundred million dollars. Right, Mayweather Pacquiao. Would would the people? At home, be willing to pay ninety nine ninety five for another round of Mayweather Pacquiao, uh, which if it doesn't happen immediately, one of these guys could be forty years old when they take the ring. Well, let me um, ask you. So, you know, I keep hearing people in our country don't have money, this, that, the other thing. Things are tough, but I mean, it doesn't seem like it's hurting the sale of a fight for ninety nine ninety five. Well, you know how this thing goes. When you say people in this country not having money, it's you know you will find money for the things you really want to you know. Find money for it. That's kind of kind of how this whole deal works. Uh, oh, you, as I well, have yeah. found. So, hey, let me bring a social component into this. I, I I get the feeling, and maybe it's wrongfully, that this fight is more racially divided than Ferguson. You think it's about race? No, I don't think, think it's is? about race. I think that there's rooting interest by race. I mean, I think you know generally the black community is, is you know wants Mayweather to win. I think most white no, guys I, are. You rooting. know what? I have to disagree, man. I okay. really do have to disagree with that. As I'm going around, I thought at first that would be the deal, but that's really that's really not it. You have 
some folks who are of um, uh, you have some black folks who are irritated by Mayweather's antics. Um, I mean, hell, doesn't get any blacker than Mike Tyson, and you see what he had to say about Mayweather, um, thinking or saying that he was as good as Ali. Did, did you hear his comments? Very perceptive by Mike Tyson, by the way, who's underrated. By the way, Tyson's life. a boxing historian. We talked about that somehow on a previous show. We were, I think last week when we were talking about this, he really, I mean, you know, people make fun of Mike Tyson, but Mike Tyson knows the history of boxing. Like but very few thing, people. Amo, here's the thing. In answering the question about what do you think about Mayweather saying that he's, the, he's better than Muhammad Ali, his response had absolutely nothing to do with boxing. Absolutely nothing Tell to do with boxing. Tell me what he said. That I didn't hear the reception. Re- I can't give it to you word well, for word. Paraphrase, paraphrase But something along the lines of um, if he was so great, Mayweather be, would be able to take his own kids to school, and he can't even take his own kids to school. So in other words, he's so isolated from the people because of who he is and how he acts that he's not even in a position to be out and amongst the people the way Muhammad Ali was. And if you, you, know, if, if you know anything about Muhammad Ali, um, you cannot, of course he was great in the ring, but even bigger for boxing as a humanitarian. He could go walk amongst the people. He oh, yeah. The following of the people. And this is something Mike Tyson is saying that Mayweather is nowhere even close to touching anything like that. He's basically isolated um, because of the way that he carries himself. So I found that to be very interesting that Mike Tyson, the, the great historian, a former boxer, did not even touch anything about being in the ring. It was well, just about. Funny the story about Ali. In our area here, we have a lot of folks that are a little bit older that have a lot of Ali stories, because Ali spent a lot of time training up here in the Pocono Mountains in his career. And, um, you know, his old sparring partner happened to be the great former heavyweight champion Larry Holmes, who cut his teeth sparring with Ali. And Larry Holmes still lives in eastern Pennsylvania, not far from where I live, you know, an hour or so. Um, And, uh, you know, Ali was up here quite a bit. You know, a lot of people tell you stories about approaching him for autographs, hey, champ, you know, uh, always uh, did that kind of stuff. Always a guy that, yeah. you know. So Yeah, and so, you know, uh, Mayweather doesn't have that appeal. So he didn't even touch anything <clears throat> in the ring. I think if you just go straight to the ring, it's it, it's a ridiculous notion to begin with. So, uh, But it's funny that he just went around all the, the possible ring stuff he could have touched on and, and just went straight to the humanitarian stuff. Uh, Mike Tyson is underrated, really, as, as uh, in terms of intellect because of his antics. And yeah, but you know, the, you know, back to Mayweather a little bit. I think what turns most people off is nobody begrudges somebody make. I mean, most people don't begrudge someone making a lot of money. I mean, you know, God love them. You know, it's, you know, someone's going to pay to watch them. Let them get paid. I don't have a problem with that. It's kind of just the things he says and does with it. I mean, here's a guy. I was just reading a story. He's got ten million dollars of exotic cars mm-hmm. sitting in a garage that he doesn't even use. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you know, it's, it's so, just you know, and the and the thing of it, it is, if like you want to do, yes, it's 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 all about access for him. And if you want to have the access because you enjoy looking at those cars, you want a collection, and you can afford it, that's fine. But don't publicize it. You know, go walk in your garage, polish your your Lamborghini, take a look at it, whatever. But you don't need to rub it in people's faces. And that's I think where people. Most people get turned off by the yeah, guy, or at least that's I a do. Disconnect. That's a disconnect for him. All right, it's time to talk NFL football. When we get back, we are going to fly through this first round of the NFL draft, talk surprises, talk potential busts, talk the things we like, didn't like, and uh, 
what we expected to happen, what didn't happen, and all that good stuff. All things first round of 2015 NFL Draft when we get back. If you want to reach us on the show today, you can do so. 347-633-9365 is the number. Again, 347-633-9365. As always, we will take your questions and comments on Twitter. So you can join us there. It's at Gridiron Studs. But when we get back, it's NFL Draft Talk Time. We'll be back right after this. The 7 on 7 season, summer basketball, family picnics, all around the corner. And you're paying big money for t-shirts from screen printers? Why? Screen printed t-shirts are costly when dug for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors mean higher prices. How do we solve this? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. That's right. With heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, put any wording you want, print it on your inkjet print paper, and using the proper paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, you can get this the way that you want it. There's no limit to the amount of color or the design. You can transfer a photograph using this paper. It's great for team sports. It's great for family reunions. It's great for birthday grits. The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. Hey, hey, hey. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Jameis Winston. Had you heard of this guy before? I did. 
Yes, can you I imagine did. that? Can you yeah, imagine um, that he went? Can you imagine that he went first? Holy cow! Well, listen. Let's uh, on a serious note. <laughs> on a serious note, did you did you have doubts that he would? No. Neither did I. Okay, and you know, and in years past, there's been some some doubts. There's been some reason for you to doubt possibly if the person everyone was talking about would be the first guy drafted overall. Um, despite all of the uh, issues and things that people want to bring up about Jameis Winston, and he you know provided plenty of material along those lines, uh, I never really doubted that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would uh, would would take Jameis Winston number one overall. You know, Emil, say what you want about. Jameis Winston, it's the pick that made sense for them. It really is. You can't criticize. If, listen, even if he turned out to be a bust, you can't criticize the logic in taking him. You need a quarterback in the NFL especially. I mean, at all levels of football, it helps have a quarterback. But as I always say on the show, in the NFL, no quarterback, no chance. And so that said, you know, coming in on paper, he's the most NFL-ready prospect. And maybe, you know, he has the size, the arm, everything. So, and he won. He won big in college. So to not take him would not have made sense to me, you know. And if if, if he fails, I don't fault Tampa in this case. I think they made the right pick. Yeah, uh, and I would agree as well. And you know, I think this, I think Jameis Winston's going to be all right. Okay, people out there, uh, I don't think he's going to go willy nilly, uh, do something crazy. He is an intelligent young man. I believe a lot of what he's done um, has been. You know, just to fit in because, you know, he is so intelligent and awkward and a little bit out there. And, you know, I think feeling the need to gain the, uh, I don't know so much the respect, but to feel like one of the fellas so that he can kind of control what it is that's happening out on the field with them. He he has done things like this. The whole crab legs thing, I believe his story. I believe he got, he had the hook up with a guy there. This is commonplace in college athletics. Uh, for those of you with your head in in the sand, this this happens. There's people that want to help these guys out for whatever reason, um, and I I truly believe that that's what he had going on there. Just the way he went in there, walked in there, got the crab legs, and walked right out like it was all good. You know, didn't yeah. even look left or right. You know, I feel. Well, like I think that's it's good that he's on. staying in Florida in general. He already has a relationship with the police, um, so. No, <laughs> you couldn't resist, huh? How about hey, that? You're lapping me up. You brought up the crab legs thing, so I'm. I, I can't take Gee. a softball like that and not use it. Amo Calamino. All right, we uh, need to get. Now, listen, listen. Before we do uh, my only problem with the kid, and I and I hope the crab legs thing. I'm not. First of all, I'm not advocating stealing. I but I do believe the story. Okay, so that part. My my problem more is you know some of the alleged sexual assaults, and you know I just hope you know I hope it's not true. You know that's all. I mean I don't. He hasn't been convicted of anything, so. I want to believe. Me, it's frankly, not true. I think I think Jameis is going to be fine. I think the Tampa Bay Bucks got themselves a good quarterback. His future and his success is going to have a lot to do with the moves that the organization makes from this point going forward. He does start off with two very good outside targets that he can get the ball to. If they can get uh, you know the right pieces up front and get a running back that can you know you know bring the safeties closer to the line of scrimmage. They can have a lot of fun with Jameis Winston. No, I, but, listen, know, he'll sell he tickets. And ultimately, it's a, a business, right? He's going to sell it tickets. Is. Yeah, it's a business. He's going to sell yeah, tickets. Too. It's a good pick. That too. But if, if he's going to continue to sell tickets, the Tampa Bay Bucks have got to build up their franchise. And uh, you got a good start, but he's not going to be able to do it all by himself. We do have a caller on the line from way out west, so we need to hear your opinion. Thank you for calling the Gridiron Stud Show. Hey, how's it going, fellas? Yeah, yeah, 
You all right? Your voice sounds a little funny there. Is it, it, it is early out west. Uh, no, my voice is fine. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, hey. Is it? Oh well. <laughs> Could, is it a little raspy? Were you watching the draft with Ryan Tannehill or somebody like that? Uh, actually, no. I was watching the draft when I saw Jameis Winston get selected first. Um, yeah, you guys both have um, valid points, but I also see like a little hatred on both of you guys' sides. Um, Always well, there to see the yours, way to drag it out. Mainly yours, Amo, especially you know the little crab leg shot. Like we get it, man. I, I like I get you don't think he was stealing, which you probably really do think so. No, I don't think he was stealing. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Think, I, can, I don't I, think he was stealing. I, I honestly yeah. think I honestly think he had a hook up for crab legs. I believe him there. Okay, all right. Well, no, I believe least. him there, and I think it was a good pick. I was just having a little fun. I actually think it was a good pick. I, I said on previous shows, I think the guy should go first. Hey, yeah. listen, well, what well, I think our caller thing. is saying here is he doesn't believe you. But, you know, c- carrying okay. on. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, well, well, here's the thing. They got a good pick and a good quarterback, but it's still not going to bring that organization to, like, the forefront. Like, no one cares about Tampa Bay. That's the whole thing. No one cares about them. You know how well, some, is this not a good start? Like, is this not a good start? Um, It is, but I – I actually think the team should probably like move again. Like, you know what I mean? This, like, it's just never. What do you want them to come to LA too? You guys love seven teams. I mean, hey, they they'll all do good. They actually have fans. Would you, would you want the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Los Angeles? In Anaheim, yes, I would. That would be perfectly Anaheim. fine for them. Yeah, the Anaheim Buccaneers. They should go there. They would actually have real fans. People would watch them. They'd be on like actual television and not like. Some blacked out because game they packed like the house to watch states. the Los Angeles Rams when they were in Anaheim. I mean, they packed the stadium and people. Uh, it was it was the best thing in the world for the Los Angeles Rams, which is why they ended up in St. Louis. Is that what you're telling no, me? No, 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 no. Different time, different era, Chad. What do you mean? Like it's totally different here in LA. I mean, you wouldn't know oh, if you it? actually moved. You moved away and moved back to Florida, so you're like in that same. Whoa! I sent some hatred something. there. What's uh, up with that? <laughs> <laughs> that should tell you but, something. Yeah, since we're looking for hatred, I think we just found some in that last sentence. There was like some here. dripping uh, sarcasm about him moving yeah, to Florida. Mr. Do you West have a problem with Florida? No, no, no. I don't have a problem with it. I'm just saying you guys will put it with Chad in Florida. He's he's lost. You know, you guys, like, all you have is football, right? So nothing outside of football exists. So your livelihood is just all football. Like, you guys don't know what's going on in the outside of the world and other, like, states. Like what? Like what they've got in L.A.? Like traffic? You know, I would drive in L.A. I got to see all at Anaheim at about two miles an hour driving through the 91 freeway, okay? So if that's what you want to get on here and talk about. Hey, wait a second. We're talking about Florida here first. An entire Los Angeles Rams football game, by the way, Mr. West Coast on our own caller. We're talking about Florida. We know how to run an election in Florida, don't you? You do. Uh, I shouldn't no. say we. Okay, so exactly. it's, here's, here's another shot on Florida. What's going on here? You know, I'm glad all hey. these Florida guys were taking Amo. the draft because yes. I'm going to really yes. play that I'm up. I'm sorry I'm here. Yes. Amo, he, he just said he saw all of Anaheim off the 91 freeway, in which you cannot see Anaheim from the 91 freeway. So that just tells you, again, <laughs> he how Florida even. people just say whatever they want to say just to get by in life. You Listen, I've been in, a car, I've been in a car with Chad. Okay, so yeah, on the 91 <laughs> freeway, off the 91 freeway, you cannot see Anaheim. So just let's just be clear there. So he's wrong. Well, you that. know what? I'm so discombobulated from all the traffic. I'm not even sure 
what damn road I was on. How's well, that listen, that? if you want to talk about a franchise, and we're going to get to it in a second, that no one knows about, it's the next one after Tampa Bay. So if oh, you think Tampa No. Well, Jacksonville no one knows about the first three. There's a reason they're picking one, two, and three. Because I'm going to bet you that if I gave you 100 bucks right now and you don't use your computer, you can't tell me five guys on the Tennessee Titans, not including the guy they picked last night. <laughs> no, of course. Well, of course not. Right. Well, so the, yeah. <laughs> the guy last night might be the most popular player that they picked. I mean, he might yeah, be the that, most popular that hurt, player that anyone knows. That's that true. That hurts me the most. Yeah, that hurts me the most that he that he went there. But we'll we'll talk about that. You have any other shots you want to throw in here at us before you at leave Florida? Uh, the state of Florida? The state of Florida, who no, ruled the draft just, last night? I what I I love the state for their football players that they breed. But that that's all it, it should stop at college. If it, all, all it should stop, they shouldn't even have pro teams in Florida. It's like a waste of time. These franchises are down there just dwindling. No one cares. It's like how how are college games doing better than pro football games? There should not be any pro football teams in Florida. It's a waste I don't, of time. I, I mean, that sounds a little extreme, but you make you make a very good point that uh, attendance struggles in the state of Florida. Um, he Dolphins, definitely makes Jaguars, a good point on Tampa Bucks. and Jacksonville. I'm not ready to kick the uh, Dolphins out of Miami yet, but I'm certainly agreeing well, I mean, on Tampa hold, hold and on. I mean, that's the best thing they got going is the Miami Dolphins. So that's, I'm just – Let's just be this clear about that. This is probably a good so. time to end this conversation <laughs> with this guy. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just not, I'm did, just not did going to allow not this Ryan Tannehill talk. Did they, did they not get a good first-round pick this year? Man, we're not, on, we're not on the 14th pick yet, but continue to tune in, Dr. West Coast, and you will hear our opinions on the Miami Dolphins' 14th pick overall. How's that sound? Okay, cool. Sounds great to me, man. I I would love to hear you guys' opinion because half the time they're wrong. So, like, just Appreciate let me, you. Let me hey, hear it. Well, you're looking at it as the glass half empty. Half the time they're right. Yeah, well, here's yeah, what sure. I want you to do, Dr. West Coast. Go jump on the 91 freeway today and look left and right. You might catch You might catch a piece of Anaheim while you do that. But thanks for calling. How about that? All right, cool. He'll be heading All right. He'll be heading out to Knott's Farms. You, yeah, you, ever, you know where that is, Chad? Uh, been there. Um, actually, not a bad park, by the way. No, it's not a bad park. I like Knott's Berry. No, it's good. Good yeah. deal. It, it has upgraded over the years. All right. Jameis Winston was your top guy. Uh, we've talked about Jameis. We've already discussed it a little bit. Marcus Mariota is going to the land of the loss, which is Tennessee. Um, he is one guy you'll be able to name now. We'll okay, now I'm going to hit you with type. it. You told me you wanted to be hit with this without any um, you know, precursor. Here was the deal. And this has been reported by several several outlets, major mm-hmm. ones, not like you know mm-hmm. some guy with a blog on the internet, you know CBS, mm-hmm. Yahoo Sports. This was the deal that the Philadelphia Eagles allegedly, supposedly, which of course they deny today, offered to the Tennessee Titans. And I'm trying to figure out who's dumber, mm-hmm. the Eagles for offering this, in my opinion, or the Titans for mm-hmm. turning it down. Here, here it goes. Ready? Fletcher Cox. Hendricks, the, the linebacker who played well last year. Boykin, the corner, I believe he is, or safety. I think he's a corner. Mm-hmm. Two first-round picks, which would obviously be this year's and next year's for the Eagles, mm-hmm. and a third-round pick for the right to pick second and obviously take Mariota. Third round this year? Doesn't matter, but... And they said no. They said no. That's three players, in my opinion, who would be walk-in starters. Who would that Cox- come from? 
I told you, CBS reported. I heard it off ESPN. I heard. I reread it on on. Uh, Come um, on, man, Amo, that is absolutely stupid. Stunning, by not to stunning take that. that you took. What? Fletcher Cox is is a walk-in day one starter. You plug in a defensive tackle for the next five or six years. The guy should have been in the Pro Bowl last year. Okay, I would love to get him out of the NFC East as a Cowboy fan. Boykin is serviceable as a corner, and he's young. And Hendricks is a really good linebacker. So right then, they probably gave you three guys that are going to start for you this year. Okay, and yeah, then on a, on a team that needs players. And the team that needs players. And then they're giving you their pick anyway in the first round for swapping, so you're still going to get a really good player at 20. Then they're giving you next year's first round, which chances are, the way I'm looking at the Eagles right now, I expect that to be at least in the middle of the draft. I, you know, I mean, it's early to make predictions, but you know they've really turned that roster over, so we'll see about that. But anyway, they're giving you next year's first round and a third this year. How do you say no to that? The Tennessee Titans missed a really great opportunity to take advantage of an organization that has a man uh, essentially running it at this point that I don't think is in this thing for the whole long term. He is trying something off the wall and out of this world, and if it doesn't work, he's just going to bounce his happy behind right back to college football, and Tennessee lost an opportunity to do that. There is no reason for anyone to wonder why some of the teams are at the top of the draft. And Tennessee is one of those organizations. If you turn this down, you're an idiot. And well, you know what I'd I don't be scared be about? Idiot, but that's ridiculous. It sounds funny, but yeah, Tennessee, we expect to turn that down usually because they're idiots. What would mm-hmm. concern me is if I was an Eagle fan that you would have a guy even make an offer like that. That would concern me. He's I'm, denying it today, obviously, because he's got players involved that he's mm-hmm. not going to say, sure, we offered three of our guys, because he has guys that he's going to need to contribute as starters in that mix. But, but you know, that's been reported. And like I said, it wasn't off some blog or, you know, this was on CBS, on Yahoo Sports through, like, I think it was Adam Adam Schefter at NFL.com. I mean, it's a, it's a, it was legitimately made, that offer. I mean, I cannot – when I heard that and I heard they turned it down, I was just sitting there going, you turned that down? Yeah, um, amazing and absolutely crazy. So, I would have loved it uh, personally because it would have gutted the Eagles franchise as a Cowboy fan. <laughs> For the next five or ten. Totally years. crazy. Yeah, totally, totally <laughs> crazy stuff going on here. All right, number three. Uh, were you surprised uh, Dante Fowler over Leonard Williams? Not me, but were you surprised? Uh, mildly. Not you know that that's not a shocker. I mean you know it's all your preference. I I don't know enough about what Tampa does defensively, so it seems like they took a long lean. Jacksonville pass. we're talking about the Jacksonville. The Jacksonville, excuse me, what they do. It seems like they took a long lean pass rusher. So I mean I don't think you could say it's a bad pick. I <laughs> mean. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. And I had heard you know they had favored Fowler, and I think that is the reason more more of an edge rusher than uh, a Leonard Williams. So they went after and they got their guys, someone obviously uh, from from Florida and yeah. um, someone high in production. I mean, Dante Fowler's workouts, too, are really pretty damn good. So he's been consistent all along. Yeah, he's a good um, player. Jacksonville gets he's a good, a good guy. Um, it is a bit of a graveyard right now, so you hope that the Jaguars continue to build it. Speaking of a graveyard, Oakland at number four takes Amari Cooper, who someone very near and dear to the people's hearts down here in South Florida. He is a South Florida product. Um He's one of the guys, I think, in the last five or ten years of the draft, as much as I could remember, someone who has been spoken about in the media without any negativity, I think. This is, you know, there's usually a yeah, but with most of these guys, 
And I didn't really hear it with Amari Cooper. So they're getting a great player. My only hope is that the Raiders can turn it around and this guy can have the kind of career he's supposed to have in the NFL. Can I, can I tell you why I don't like the pick? And it has nothing to do with what I think Amari Cooper is going to do because I think he's going to be a really good receiver, okay? Mm-hmm. Here's my, this is my own personal preference. I think you can get receivers in the middle rounds, even to the, 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 the second round many times, without even being lucky. I just think you can, okay? Mm-hmm that are really good players. For instance, right now, one of the two or three best receivers in the league was Des Bryant. The Cowboys got him at 24, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't think There's a reason for that, though, Emil. That I understand. I, I, I understand. And what I'm saying is there's always going to be a reason for a guy, you know, for, for, there's always going to be a guy like him, okay, where you can grab you a guy... Not- are you absolutely out of your mind? No, you I don't mean as talented as Des Bryant. There's going to be guys that fall in drafts for reasons. You can get receivers. But I just think when like you pass. Who? What do you mean, like who? There was five of them taken in the first round, right? They're all probably going to be listen, pretty good. You know what? I That's one argument I really can't stand that I hear people say, you can always get a back. You can always get a receiver. Listen, there are Jerry Rice's in the world, okay? There are Emmett Smith's in the world. And then there's other running backs that are serviceable. But you have a chance to get an elite player, which is a, what Amari Cooper is. I don't want to hear the argument that, oh, you could have got another great serviceable receiver in the later. No, you have a chance to get an elite player, and, and that's what you went and did. Not, I can pick up, there's a ton of receivers in this draft. Bull crap. This guy is an elite player with an elite attitude and elite skills, and you go get that guy. I'm 100% behind this pick. I, I don't yeah, buy Yeah, well, I mean, I you and I talk him. about a, a lot. I mean, a lot of things, too, with, with positions of skill become also system. And he could be an elite receiver, but if, if Derek Carr can't throw the ball in the Pacific Ocean, it's not going to matter. Derek Carr performed quite well under the circumstances, if you ask me, last year. Um, and right now, what you have in Oakland is James Jones and Michael Crabtree. Okay, so you you needed a you needed a guy to come in there and be elite, and I think Amari Cooper's that guy can do that. I like what they've been doing. I like Derek Carr at quarterback. I like Latavius Murray. He's somebody that people aren't really paying attention to. That's going to probably do some things, and I think they're on the road. You know how I feel. Quarterback, uh, two receivers, yes. a running back. Uh, they're on they're on the right road here, and so. Um, a chance to get an elite player. Well, I can't I'm, kill the pick. I said I can't kill the pick because I think he is an elite player. I agree with you. I just would have liked to see them go. Listen, I, I, I think they let, I think they let Williams slide here, and it's tough to get big guys that are good. You know, big, big, big men that can run and do things are just tough to find, which is why pass rushers like uh, Fowler go number three, and you see that every year. And big guys like Williams usually are real high when they're talented. Uh, that's all I'm mm-hmm. saying. I mean, I'm not going to kill a pick. The guy's a good, a really great player. Mm-hmm. I think all. they just really wanted to get help for their for their you know. For Makes, their and cars. like you said, you yeah. make a good point. They cars there. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have anything outside. So again, I'm not going to kill the pick. I don't think I don't think the Raiders you know did anything to hurt themselves here. Let's put it that. Yeah, way. Yeah, imagine if Carr um, struggles the next two or three, and that's your quarterback. And you know what happens if if your you know your first round draft pick at quarterback um, doesn't pan out. It sets. It sets your your organization back. So even if they're not stopping people on defense for the next couple of years, if they're putting up points, it's excitement and something to look for. Yeah, I I understand. Uh, Your points are valid. Uh, Well taken. How about number five's pick, Washington? What did you think of that pick over Leonard Williams? Well, I think it was a head scratcher in one sense. 
this guy's a really good player, by the way. Many mm-hmm. people are comparing him to last year's guy that went to Dallas, Zach Martin, you know, mm-hmm. or a guy who mm-hmm. can come in, immediately play, and maybe play at a Pro Bowl level. Okay, But what I've seen on most people are projecting him as either a right tackle or a guard. Okay, mm-hmm. He's not playing mm-hmm. left tackle. Trent Williams is entrenched at left tackle for the Redskins, and he's a damn good left tackle. So mm-hmm. you just use the number five pick on a right tackle, if you're lucky, maybe even a guard. I'm, mm-hmm. Again, yeah, the draft me, is not that. about t- – it's not about the. You and I talk about this off air. It's not about necessarily is the player any good. This guy's good. He should be good. The question is right. at number five, does he warrant that pick, or can you trade back, get additional picks, and still get him? That's my question. Now, see, there's a situation where I'm uh, on board with 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 the reasoning you gave with Amari Cooper. You can get a guard. You can get a right tackle later on in the draft. These are not elite players. These are not franchise changers. So. Uh, I'm with you on that. Now, someone like a Leonard Williams can um, change the whole face of your defense. Which so that's why I was a little puzzled at the don't the, Redskins, the Washington. Don't they play a three-four? Are they playing three? I think they're playing three-four there in Washington right now. These so change with the years. So, they change yes, every year. But I think yeah, I think they're in the three-four. So if you're in the three-four, look what Leonard Williams does for you. Here's a guy that comes in. He's he becomes a beast of a defensive end in your three-four. He makes your two pass rushers coming off the edge better because now in most 3-4 defenses, that end is not really a pressure player. You know, usually your end's in a 3-4. They'll get the occasional sack, but the guys getting the sacks are the the outside linebackers, the guys standing up. This guy Mm -hmm. comes in where he can actually rush the passer from that position, like like a Richard Seymour. I I don't get it. I just I don't get it. Uh, Neither do I, but again, it is the Washington Redskins. Um, Leonard Williams did eventually go to the New York Jets. That was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, we thought there were a bunch of other ways that the Jets would go. But here's um, where I give the Jets credit. Now, and people could disagree on this. I know you had a former alum friend of yours that doesn't think Leonard Williams is as good as people say. But most most people, teams alike, and most of these analysts mm-hmm. had him rated as the best defensive player in the draft. Okay, So mm-hmm. if he isn't that good, a lot of people are going to have to be uh, wrong here. The Jets took the best player. I mean, they got the best defensive player, according to most, at number six. That's value. Mm-hmm. So they stuck to their their principles. They did. And can you, they did, you, know, so. can you really have too many good defensive linemen in the NFL? Really, can you? They have Sheldon Richardson. No, they but have, I already know going in you're going to, you know, you're going to be a little homer over the U.S. I am a homer, but, but I'm do. saying I'm asking you as a football coach. They've got Richardson, Wilkinson, and now Williams. Do you think that they're going to be a mother to block Perhaps. I do know this. Uh, it looks to me like this organization is trying to bail on their quarterback. Perhaps they could have gotten him a little more help. How much are you going to get from uh, a Brandon Marshall at this stage in his career? Maybe a stabilizing force, but you still needed um, something exciting at the wide receiver position, and they elected not to go with a Kevin White or something like that. So that was uh, – that bugged me a little bit, but hey, yeah. listen. You know who you liked know, the way this first guy. round broke? The Bears, because as they sat here watching the Jets pick, it, the Jets were going to go one of two ways. They were going to take Kevin White or do what they did and take Williams for value. Either mm-hmm. player the Bears needed. So the Bears couldn't lose here. The Jets actually made their decision for them. If the if the True. Jets took White, the Bears, whose run defense has been horrific, they're taking Leonard Williams. Right, so they were in a very good position there. They did end up taking 
Kevin White. Um, obviously a very explosive player, a good player uh, at the wide receiver position, a chance to um, really be a great player in the National Football League. But it's hard for me to get excited about anything on Chicago's offense, Chicago in general, so long as they've got Cutler there at quarterback. So until they address that situation and make what I think would be the right move there, I'm going to reserve all some of my Who do you think is a better player? Let me ask you this. I mean, I think I'm going to know the answer just because of the way you, you drooled when you talked about him. Um, mm-hmm. Amari Cooper or Kevin White? Give me Amari Cooper every day of the week. I, uh, I agree large with you. inventory of routes. Yeah, I mean, just so many things that he can do, and you know the work ethic is there. So I'd take Amari Cooper each and every time over a Kevin White. Uh, I saw guys grading White higher, and I didn't get that because I, I looked because at Cooper. Because of the uh, measurables, because of the physical stuff, because of the draft stuff. And, and, and that was the reason for it. But, um, again, you give me Amari Cooper every day of the week on that one. That, that, that's an easy one for me. Yeah, Atlanta I agree with number you. eight, Vic Beasley. They get the pass rusher that they wanted. Um, i got to be honest with you, though, Amo, in looking at some of those clips of Vic Beasley, there's bust potential there. Okay, I saw some things on film that I didn't like about Vic Beasley. And, then, you know, I'm not sold on the ACC of the conference. How much has he been tested? Um Oh, wait, gonna, are these technical I, things you're seeing as a coach, or are these uh, listen, motor I, issues? Yeah. What, what do you see? Yeah, mo, mo, motor issues. And then, you know, what was he really going up against? Uh, but I did see a play that it really, really bugged me. He's, 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 you know, supposed to set the edge against a run play. You know, sets the edge, doesn't get moved, stands there, and watches the play happen right there about three feet away from him made no effort to go make the tackle, and, you know, safety had to come from, from way wow. back and come in and throw his head in there, and he just stood there and watched the whole play. Where, where, you know, when do you ever do that and call yourself a lead? When do you ever do that and, and call yourself a top ten pick in the NFL? He pulls any kind of um, shenanigans like that in the NFL. It's, he's he's going to wear that bust label. So Can I tell um, you what I don't like about the pick? He's a one-dimensional player is really what I don't like. And number eight to me, again, let me go back to what I said before. You're in the top ten. I think you've got to get difference makers. And to your point where you corrected me, you know, you made a good point on Amari Cooper. He's a difference maker. So you get him at number four, you can't argue with that logic, okay? Well, same thing here. At number eight, you should be getting a difference maker. I don't know if that guy, even if he is good, is that type of player where he's going to come in and completely change your defense. And that's that's where I struggle with that pick. I think they really went with a need here. They desperately needed an edge rusher, so if he gives them that, I think they'll be satisfied with it. But uh, his his career is one I'm going to watch very, very closely. Number nine, a uh, bit of a surprise, although he was expected to be taken in the top half of this draft. The University of Miami gets uh, Eric Flowers drafted by the New York Giants at number nine. Um, you know, all the talk on him is raw, but definitely a guy with all of the measurables, all all of the things that you want physically out of uh, an offensive tackle, and listen, it's been the recent history. It's no surprise that uh, University of Miami football players have uh, left the University of Miami in recent history and not been that great of football players, but have all the tools and have developed in, in the National Football League, and the Giants are looking for that here. Well, so, let me give um, you, I'm pooing everything here. I think he's a good player, and I think if, if he was taken at, say, number 18 or 20, I'd be mm-hmm. fine with that. Again, they're projecting him to come in as a right tackle, maybe. If not, they're going to mm-hmm. play him inside. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, again, at number nine, are you taking maybe a right tackle? or a go- I think the Giants ended up, unlike the Giants, 
where they usually don't do this. I think they mm-hmm. made a pick totally out of need. Their their offensive reached, line yeah. was a travesty. Yeah, may have reached a little bit. May yeah. have reached a little bit. Uh, would you have advised the trade down to make this pick, perhaps? And well, pick yeah. Up I mean, I extra? think if you listen, if first of all, two things are needed for a trade. It's like a business deal. You need a willing trade mm-hmm. partner. So that said, mm-hmm. it, but I'm thinking somewhere between thirteen and twenty, you could have you could have still got this guy and added a, at least a second, depending on how far someone was moving up, a second or third round pick. So maybe, you know, you move back to, say, 17, 18, and you grab yourself an extra third round pick and still get your guy. I mean, Maybe they I, were I, just extremely enamored with this particular player, for, you know, well, for, listen, for whatever he, reason. The, the pressure is going to be on he, the young man, because you know what? No doubt. Yeah, no now doubt. he's going to have pressure. Uh, and but and and again, I do need to stress this. He does have all of the measurables that you want out of a left tackle. So, um, you know, we'll just have to wait and see on this one. The last one before we head to a break here: the St. Louis Rams take Todd Gurley. You know me; I'm a former St. Louis. Uh, well, let me say, Los Angeles Rams fan. A little surprised by this pick. Um, I, I must say that we did think that they might have gone in a different direction here, and some thought that maybe Gurley would fall at number 14, where he could possibly be taken by the Miami Dolphins. But here they've got their guy. Um, it did upset some guys in St. Louis, and I'm not talking about fans. Zach Stacy is immediately asked for a trade, and Trey Mason is putting out tweets right now, uh, centered around something saying, doubt me with a question mark. I don't know if you knew about that, but a couple of running backs in St. Louis. Eyebrows are very high up uh, off of this pick. What do you say about that? Well, I mean, I say – the one guy who wants to trade, trade him because he obviously doesn't like the competition. So adios, amigo. And is, uh, tra- but you know, it's a, listen, whoa, 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 time out. You draft a guy at number ten, he's gonna play, Emil. I don't care if he looks like a pile of trash. They're gonna play that guy. So the guy now who starts off this thing, as of last night, as the third guy on the totem pole, knows he's up against a tall, tall hill to climb. Yeah, St. no, hey, listen, val- again, valid point. I'm just saying maybe that's not the right forum to mm. do it in, you think? Uh, I, I don't know that he did it by Twitter. I think he went directly to the brass and said, hey, listen, um, probably time for me to find an opportunity. Okay, well, I fair enough. If he, he did, did it that it way, let him go. I mean, you know, he, trade him. He may have. Uh, maybe it's something I could look up here on our next break. Uh, but Trey Mason did – um, not forcefully, but did throw a little something out there about doubts with a question mark. I thought Trey Mason ran the ball pretty well for uh, – He did. Uh, for, I, well, I think – listen, they got a great player again. I think Gurley has a potential – I like him a little more than you do. I know you're concerned about the way he runs, and uh, that's a legit concern too. I think they got a great player. I think you're, what you're really saying is here they had other needs. I mean, Trey Mason seems to me more than a serviceable NFL back. He was a really good player at Auburn. So do you really need to use another high pick on a running back when maybe there's some other ways you could go? I mean, is Nick, you know, I don't know if there's a quarterback, if you maybe you trade down. I mean, obviously I think Mm -hmm. Foles is not the answer long-term there. Um, Maybe you get some extra picks. Maybe you go wide receiver. I mean, I know they have the kids. Did we not hear that the St. Louis Rams made an offer to Tennessee? to uh, try and move up and take Marcus Mariota. I believe I did hear I've heard like they that. did, too. I've heard they did. The details of which I don't know, though. So No, neither do I. But I, I, I guess I, your point, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, is you don't dislike the player as much as you're looking and saying, you guys had other ways you could go here which would have helped your team more. Am I, am I getting that right? 
Yeah, you think you would have been fine with Trey Mason. You needed to address the quarterback situation. I guess you didn't feel comfortable in the first round um, picking a quarterback if the first two guys were gone. Maybe they do something in the second round. Maybe a Brett Hundley, maybe a Bryce Petty. Maybe they do something like that. So we'll have to wait and see. Sometimes the first-round picks make more sense when you get to see what was done in the remaining round. So, you know, granted, we're going through this thing. We're only judging them by this first day. So we need to keep that in Can mind. Can I do before some scorekeeping for us before we go to break? Uh, I, I tallied up by the Power Five conferences, first-round draft picks, okay? So uh-huh. for all those people who said the SEC was in demise, okay, remember that came from a lot of Big Ten fans after the bowl games? Yes. Pac-12, nine. ACC, amazingly, nine, but here's the deal there. Florida State's been really good the last couple of years, and Miami always gets guys drafted, it seems. So the mm-hmm. ACC came in with nine. The mm-hmm. SEC had six. So there's your clear leaders in the clubhouse. And the Big mm-hmm. 12 and the Big 10 had three each. Always an angle with you, you Pac-12 lover USC homer with you. My well, you said God. the ACC had nine. They had the same amount. Yeah, well, it's only, it only mattered because the Pac-12 has nine and no, one no, leaders. You no. are so angled up. You, you know, you think you would thank me for providing information like that for the show. You is just so self-serving. Listen, let's let's see what our caller thinks about this. We do have a caller before we head out. Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. Hey, you know, guys, this is Bill from Long Island. The first time I'm listening to your show, and um, it's quite enjoyable. I'll say that. I'll say that. Thank you. Appreciate that. What's Do we amuse you? Absolutely. Oh, and no, it really amused me to start off the day that ass clown that called in prior from the West Coast talking about fandom on the West Coast. Oh, isn't yeah, the West tell Coast us about the ass clown. Showing please. up in the third inning of a baseball game and leaving before the seventh inning stretch. Very West Coast. Yes. Uh, go at him. We will not. We yeah, will not stand in I your mean, way. I mean, really, I don't want to hear about any <laughs> West Coast kind of fandom. They, how many teams did they lose in the West Coast coming back east? I mean, Constantly. ridiculous. They lost like 15 football teams. It was like impossible to do. Yeah, I and know. And you know what? Even in their own town, even in their own state, they can't even keep guys. They go to L.A., then they go to Oakland, they go back to they L.A., go to and o- Oakland. Uh, Oakland. Here's the funny go thing i got to tell you, since you're new to the show, okay? Uh, you're probably a Giants fan, right? Correct. Okay, I'm a Cowboys fan. I, I I'm a huge USC fan and a huge Dodger fan, but everything you just said is correct. The Dodger fans... When they get bored, there'll be 52,000 people at a game, and if it's not something they deem worthy, they just leave. Yeah. I mean, they come, but then they leave. Dodger dog is ready, okay? I've been been to some Dodger games, so I know that happens. Hey, caller, what do you think about the Giants pick at nine that we just talked about? Um... I think you guys are – well, I'm going to – I don't think anyone liked the Odell Beckham uh, Jr. pick at 12 last year. Oh, no, 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 no. There's a lot of people high on him. No, no, no. Yeah, he's I, he's well, a difference maker. Well, I'll tell you well, the buzz but, no, around – Well, but you did have people that questioned it, though. I will say that. I yeah. will say that. There the yeah, buzz in New York question. last year was like, who was this guy? Why did we get him at 12? And obviously Jerry Reese knows more than most of us do. Um, mm-hmm. If I can give you a slight recap, like starting from number two with, with Tennessee – how does Tennessee not make that deal? I mean, I agree with you guys. Completely, more Quite the package for him. And to, hey, as uh, a Giant fan, you have to be like me as a Cowboy fan. You, I mean, I'm wanting the Eagles to make that deal. I mean, I'm praying that Tennessee says yes because I'm like, this will gut your team. You guys will, you guys will be sucked for ten years. Well, I don't, I, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that because they still had uh, Bradford. If that Bradford to uh, the Browns was still available at twelve. They could have got themselves a player back 
for Bradford, so maybe they wouldn't have gutted it as no, much. No, but I meant the starters off. Just look at what they're taking off their defense. right? I mean, Fletcher Cox is a really good young player. Agree, but they also have Kiko, Kiko Alonso to take his spot if need be. You mean the linebacker to yes. take the linebacker spot? Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I just I, – I don't think – Chad and I have talked about this. I think Mariota needed to go to a team that was going to teach him to be a professional quarterback and not run a goofy system. I don't think the the Eagles would have helped the kid. Really, I don't. As crazy as that sounds, running the same system you ran in college when Chip Kelly bounces out of there is going to leave you with college skill sets. So I think, you know, yeah. he, he needed to go – to a team that was going to teach him to be an NFL quarterback. Unfortunately, he ended up in what right now looks like a wasteland in Tennessee. Agreed. Caller, before uh, you go, what 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 do you want to see the Giants do here with uh, the remainder of the NFL draft? What will make you happy? We're going to give you a chance to speak for the entire Giant Nation right now. Um, you know what? I'm a big fan of big uglies on the offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. If we can get a couple more big uglies. I also need mm-hmm. a safety. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I would have been – you know, Jerry doesn't like. I mean, I I like the Flowers pick when as soon as uh, the Washington picked. Uh, I tell you, the draft's really been it. five, six, seven for me were really the keys to the draft mm-hmm. because I think Chef. I think the the um, the Giants had him earmarked at number nine. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. saying that he's not a good player, but for a guy who's projected to play inside, I think five was too high. And then right. letting we the agree. Jets look like superstars, having six fall on their lap. And then having that defensive guy just sitting there that, you know, the guy, the new guy came in and said, I'm going to take the best player. And, you know, they don't have a track record for doing smart things in uh, the other side of New York. Well, and they, right. and they well, let me add you something, caller. You talk about Flowers. I'm not saying – listen, I don't think he'll be a problem as far as I think they got a good player. My only point was I think if they really wanted him, they still could have picked up a pick and got him. I, I won't disagree, but I don't know how – it was just kind of – I mean – as far as the draft goes, I mean, even go back to like like I'm watching the draft last night and I'm watching the Bears take Kevin White and everything. I'm like, my God, like this team could give up to 30 points to the Army Cadets on defense and they pick another wide receiver. <laughs> I mean, I have to You're 100% right there. I mean, that's a good I have this interesting question for you. It's a deep, it's a deep draft for running backs. Would you like to see your team grab one of them? Um, you know what? No, I, no, I don't need one. Because um, mm-hmm. it, it seems like the, um, we've created a three-headed monster. Um, mm-hmm. Jennings is a reliable back if he stays healthy. He can run. He can catch the pass. He's a real giant-type back. Uh, Andre Williams from Boston College last year. Obviously, he can't catch the ball, but he's a mm-hmm. hard-nosed runner inside, and, you know, I, I, I don't mind that. And then picking up Vereen from uh, New England, who who could catch 80 balls out of the backfield with his, blind, with his, with his eyes closed. I mean, I guess another... if you get 33% out of each one of those guys, you do have yourself a full full running back. Yeah. Well, listen, man, it's your first time listening to us. Uh, obviously a great caller. We hope you continue to listen and call the Gridiron Stud Show. We appreciate it. You got yeah, it. thanks for calling. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to jump into a break. When we get back, we will discuss the rest of the first round in the NFL draft. We'll do that when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. You want the truth? Well, here it is. 
Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit gridironstuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. Gridironstuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. here on the Gridiron Stud Show, so hey, well, listen, we've had a West Coast caller, we've had an East Coast caller, hey, we'll take you Midwest or your Southeast right now, and you can reach us on the uh, Gridiron Stud Show by calling 347-633-9365, we've heard from the East, we've heard from the West, how about the middle of the country? Feel wait, wait, how about, here on the show. how about the fact that he just called our West Coast caller an ass clown? He did indeed call him an ass clown, uh, took him right to task, how about that? So, you know. I don't know if he wants to respond to that in any kind of way, but yes, uh, Dr. West Coast, you have been called an ass clown. We got to get some kind of. But he uh, might not know what that even that. means, because to be honest with you, that's to me that's such an East Coast term. In this day and age, you can Google anything, and I'm sure he knows. Oh, you think you think uh, that Dr. West Coast will have to go to Google to figure out what an ass clown is? He might, although he sounds like a guy with a, a wide range of knowledge on things that uh, don't really mean anything. So he could probably <laughs> find that out really quick. All right, jumping through. we got to fly through here. Number 11, Trey Waynes. The biggest thing um, that, I re- that I can take from, from that pick was John Gruden really going in hard on Trey Waynes' inability to tackle people. Um, I don't know how much of a big factor that's going to be for him here in this league. You know, you hear cornerbacks saying, um, and this was you know, started by Deion Sanders. They don't pay him to tackle. So Trey Waynes could get out there and cover people. They, you know, they have a pair of young corners now. They could go out and do some things. Um, so from that standpoint, they could go into games. And in their conference, you've got the Detroit Lions and you've got the Green Bay Packers. I think they addressed um, something of need in this, in this division. Agree or disagree? Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, you got to cover people. You want the guy to be a, more of a willing participant in the running game. People forget about that. But, I mean, most people had the guy ranked as the highest corner for what that's worth. I know, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but I don't think – I think they got a good football player. So, you know. Yeah, I think so, too. And, and it's going to be interesting to see those two guys um, uh, at the corners from Minnesota matching up against at least what's in their division and see what that does for them. Cleveland – Take Danny Shelton. I, you know, I want to spend a whole lot of time with this. Uh, biggest thing there is he almost crushed Roger Goodell's ribs, picked him up up high. Um, 
we'll have to see. Um, a slow athlete, but at 339 pounds, could get the job done for them there. And if you're big Cleveland, man, run run stuffer, run. Um, run stuffer, I believe they're yeah. playing that three four two. So you know, another guy that can clog up the middle and highly ranked coming out of college. So you got to think they got themselves a decent football player based on his tape and and what what, what the general consensus was about the guy. Number 13, the New Orleans Saints take Andrews Pete of the fattest and thickest legs I think I've ever seen on a prospect ever in the NFL draft. How about the Saints not going for the glamour spot and you know figuring out we're going to have to get some protection for this guy, Drew Brees, for as long as he continues to be our quarterback. Like the pick or no? Um, like I think he's, I think he could develop into a, a player. I, I question the mean streak a little bit that's needed, and I question uh, is maybe this a little too high for him. I think they could Why have does gotten. Everyone question that stuff about Stanford players. Especially no, I'm just the no. This particular player, there's guys that came out of Stanford that no one questioned the mean streak. That that guard the Steelers got a couple of years ago, DeCastro, was was a nasty sob. Well, Miami fans are still, you know, still dealing with the whole Jonathan Martin thing. A guy out of Stanford no. who many feel was uh, soft as cream. This is not. I'm not saying soft. This is me basing it on having watched a lot of Pac-12 football. I think he's an mm. athlete. I think he has all the measurables mm. you want in a tackle. And I think they probably could have gotten him a lot lower than 13. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I don't think he'll Perhaps. Hurt yeah. And they're also saying. talking about the guy could possibly be a guard, so that would fall into your rule that I totally support, that when you start talking about a guard in the first round, um, you Well, he's got to be an all-pro. Let me put it this way. If he goes out and makes all-pro as a guard, like, like Martin did for the Cowboys, it justifies the pick. But if he doesn't, I mean, in other words, if he becomes a Pro Bowl guard next year as a rookie, it's hard to say, well, they made a bad pick then at 13 because they got a guy who's obviously making a difference at that point. But if you just got a guard that starts for you at 13, eh, that's a little high. I mean, you know, Martin, you know, people – I mean, isn't the Pro Bowl – isn't that kind of work for every pick? You get a guy that goes to Pro Bowls, you you did your job 100%. I agree. Listen, last year you and I liked the Martin pick at 16, and we both said, though – might be a little high for a guard, but he's, he he can play right tackle. They didn't know if, where Dallas was going to play him. They started him at guard, and he turned out not only making the Pro Bowl, but making AP first team all pro. At that point, you got to mm. say, well, they got the right guy. And if that happens for Pete, well, next time we talk about Pete, I'll be saying, well, they got the right guy. Number 14, the Miami Dolphins. we got a lot of Dolphin fans listening here. Take Devontae Parker. I said this on Twitter last night. Um, love the player. Like the pick. Um, you know, call me crazy. I thought the Dolphins needed the guy that was picked next, which was Melvin Gordon. I understand they had their eye on, um, you know, Todd Gurley. As many people said, he was the best back in the draft. I prefer a Melvin Gordon. Um, I really – at some point, Larry Zonka has to stop being the all-time leading rusher for your franchise. You, you, You need a franchise running back at some point. Lamar Miller is not that. He does a lot of great things, but I think at this point um, after several years with the Dolphins, he's not that guy. Change of pace back. Uh, I would have liked to have seen him done that, but I can't be mad at the pick. Um, Devontae Parker does give Ryan Tannehill a, down, a downfield threat, a good red zone guy, a guy that could catch some balls and do something with it afterwards. Uh, hopefully he's one of the all-time best. Let me just say that. For the I'm not going to even say a word because all I would say to everything you said is ditto. I feel the exact same way, period. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Number 15, uh, the San Diego Chargers have their replacement um, at running back. Um, you know, they did – They did uh, Did they not lose their running back in the offseason? They me did. Catch me up to date here. 
Yes, they did. And they so lost Ryan Marvin, Matthews. He is one of 700 backs currently playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> um, Ryan Matthews is a guy I was really high on coming out of college, but could just not stay out of the training room. Uh, Melvin Gordon, very durable, um, very productive in college. I think he's going to be a great NFL back, and kudos, uh, you know, good for him going to an organization like San Diego who at least is, has their act together offensively and in general. So good pick for him, good pick for the Chargers, and uh, that's really all I could say about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, he fits perfectly. They, he, he ran a lot of zone blocking plays at Wisconsin. That was a system they ran. That's what the mm-hmm. Chargers run. So there's the fit. Um, yeah, I can't not. I mean, listen, there's only two backs in my mind worthy of going first round and a lot of these guys like Mel Kuyper are going, oh, you can't take a running back that high. Well, if they're a difference maker, yes, you can. And I mm-hmm. think Gurley and Gordon have that type of potential on paper. That's not to say one of the guys taken in the second round doesn't end up better. But coming in, I think the only two backs that made sense in the first round mm-hmm. were Gurley and Gordon. And he went where he should have went. So I have no problem with the yeah. pick. Number 16, Houston, Kevin Johnson, cornerback, Wake Forest. You know, Wake Forest doesn't get a tremendous amount of respect in terms of pumping out NFL talent here. You get a cornerback here in the first round. Um, Great cover skills, great playmaking ability. Another guy that John Gruden highlighted his inability or or lack of one-two in in tackling and being a force in the run game, that is a bit of a problem. But the guy can come in here and cover people in this division where you have an Andrew Luck. yeah, but you you, you know, were a guy who liked to tackle. You, you you like to tackle, and you got to you know you you know we we are kind of making light of that. But that is you know to Gruden's point. I mean, most fans don't see that as part of being a corner. You know, they, they quote Dion. You know, I'm paid to cover guys, but no, you're also paid to tackle guys when when they run the ball. Yeah, all eleven guys on defense do need to be a part of getting someone to the ground, since essentially that's the best way to stop someone from getting in the end zone. So yeah, we'll have to see how he's a that little works slight out. for me. I mean, the guy's cover skills. I think you know you can watch film. I mean, he's fluid. His hips are good. Um, mm-hmm. He's just a little slight. I mean, as far as you look at his build, he doesn't. You know, now maybe that can be fixed in the weight room. Maybe not. I mean, I just don't know if that's the way this guy's built. He looks a little thin to me. He's 188 pounds. I mean, uh, you know, I'm saying the bone structure. Guys. He just looks like a taller. You know, he's six foot, 188. They have him listed at, but he just strikes me as not a thick 188. That's all. I, mean, I, I don't would know. agree. He does. Yeah. He does have a thin look. Hopefully, he can blanket people, and you know that could overshadow any lack of one-two in the running game, uh, in terms of tackling. The San Francisco 49ers. This pick lets you know how they feel currently about their defensive end situation. They pick up Eric Armstead, defensive end out of Oregon. Hopefully is not like the edge guy that the Dolphins picked up here that they're losing for 2015. Deion Jordan, what do you think of Eric Armstead since you're our Six Pac-12 seven, he's about 300 pounds. He was recruited out of high school as a as a tackle and an end. Um, originally, mm-hmm. committed to USC. His brother had a lawsuit at USC. Played there four years, and that the whole thing fell apart. He ended up at Oregon. Um, you know, his brother was an SC player. Uh, I don't know as far as kid has all the measurables, six, seven, three hundred pounds. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. But the motor has been in question. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, sometimes doesn't play with great ferocity. So we'll see if that can be fixed in San Francisco. He certainly. I'm hearing that a lot. I'm hearing that a lot about you know these guys playing defensive end is questioning the motor. If you play for Oregon, you face how many how, how many plays on defense a game? Right. No. Right. No. Two hundred. A lot. Yeah, so that's going to be an issue for any of those guys um, that have some weight on them in the Oregon defense, whether that's a defensive end, defensive tackle, or maybe a big linebacker. You're facing a lot of plays per game. So 
Um, there's a chance you'll take some off. While that's I would never very astute. That that's a very situation. astute point. And you know what? Ask the Philadelphia I, Eagles on defense about that particular situation. No, I mean, listen. He they needed this pick. I mean, the, the, Justin Smith said he's retiring. We know Willis and the kid that replaced him, the other linebacker whose name leaves me right now. He retired. Mm-hmm. So you know they had a lot of defections on on defense. They brought in Darnell Dockett, but he's 34 years old, coming off an ACL. They, they needed some youth on that line if Smith does in fact stay retired. So you can't fault the pick. Number 18, Kansas City, uh, picks up Marcus Peters, cornerback from Washington. On the field, really like this guy. Um, Three-year starter there at Washington, uh, 11 career interceptions, a player. Um, I wonder how you feel if you're Washington or you're the coach there and you kick a guy off the football team and he's, he ends up being a first-round pick. Um, you, you've got to be thinking to yourself, like, wow, there are no – consequences in the world but nevertheless well i raised three eyebrows at washington the fact that three guys from their team their defense ended up getting drafted in the first round makes me wonder what's going on there last year they went eight and six um Mm -hmm. peters though you know everybody's saying andy reed andy reed well you know no i mean i'm gonna try to say this delicately andy reed has not exactly been a genius with handling trouble situations as evidenced by right, his Right, he's no life. Bill Belichick in that regard. No, no, uh, look at his home definitely. life and what's happened there, and I mean, maybe that's not fair of me to say, but it's a fact. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. and this guy's a trouble situation, and you're bringing him into a guy that I'm not so sure is great at handling it. Uh, these things are flags for me. When a guy's this talented and a coach is willing to just kick his ass off the team, period, mm-hmm. for no real reason other than team issues, it's not like the guy committed a crime that we know of. I mean, basically, he just said, you know, you're you're not worth the trouble. Goodbye. That concerns me, Waste, you know, using an 18 pick on him. That's all. Yeah, um, so perhaps, you know, something we're definitely going to have to follow. We'll have a good position coach from that standpoint. And Al Harris, who's the defensive back coach there at Kansas City, does good work, you know, um, with coaching of DBs and could probably lend him a hand in the whole off-the-field stuff as well. So hopefully we'll have to see that. Kansas City... Um, plays well on defense, and if this guy can keep his head on straight, a good deal for him. The second pick in the first round for the Cleveland Browns, Cameron Irving, center uh, for Florida State, a guy I really, really like. He's one of the top five guys, I said, uh, one of the top five players in this entire draft. Um, a, a specimen, a guy who was uh, an Outland Trophy candidate as a tackle, um, and their center went down last year, jumped right into that spot, and took it over and was a leader, and um, that's something that really stood out for me. So this guy came into Florida State as a defensive lineman, went to offensive tackle, and also played center. A wide range of knowledge in terms of what happens up front on both sides of the ball. Uh, and I think this is a really, really good pick for Cleveland. And I was waiting for this part to not only agree with you, but highlight why I said what I said at the previous junctions of this show about offensive linemen taken. This He's, is and you know what? To, to your credit, when you did say that, he was the first name that came to mind. Yes. He's the, he's the perfect pick at this position right here. I would have had no problem if he went four or five slots higher. Okay, So I look mm-hmm. at guys like when you're wondering why am I questioning Flowers, you know, with our, mm-hmm. our, our New York caller. Because, mm-hmm. I, you know, on paper to me, this guy's a better player than Flowers. He's versatile. Mm-hmm. I think he's more mm-hmm. polished. Now, he may not have mm-hmm. the ceiling Flowers has. But, but he has a better resume, no doubt about that. He has a better he's resume coming in, and I don't yeah. want to bet on potential mm-hmm. at number nine. Same thing at number 13 mm-hmm. with Pete. For me, mm-hmm. if the Saints went with Ir- Ir- Irving here, Irving, mm-hmm. I would have preferred mm-hmm. that pick for them at 13. I just think that they let this guy slide, and I think the Browns stole him. 
Yeah, and you know, this is a big thing for me. I don't know if I've said it on the show before, but it's sure something that's always been on my mind and my philosophy, and you touched on it here just now. In this first round, I want production. I want to have looked at you in college, and I want to have seen that you did what it is we're going to ask you to do. Not, I think you can do what we're going to ask you to do. I want to have seen that you've done it. I like a quarterback that started and has produced for three years. I like a running back who has gotten some yards, who's been the man in college and come back a year after having been the man and has come back and been the man again, like like a Melvin Gordon. 1,600 yards as uh, uh, last year, came back with everyone knowing he's a guy, and boom, puts up 2,500 yards. Can I, I, see can I, can I relate this to business? The first two days of the draft, rounds one through three for me, they're investments. The last mm-hmm. day of the draft, rounds four through seven, they're lottery tickets. So for me, the first three rounds, I feel that way with you, with what you just said. I need guys in my first three picks that I know are either going to come in and start or start very quickly in their career within a year, okay, because they're investments. They're high draft picks. They're investments. Rounds four through seven, that's when you get your lottery tickets. That's where you get the guy who can jump real high and run real fast but seems to drop the ball a lot, okay? Maybe we can teach him how to catch the right way, okay? I'm not doing yeah, that in yeah. rounds one through three. No, absolutely not. I, I, I want that sure thing. I'm going to have to – you know, and by the way, you're getting Deco. really good at this radio thing because you just segued perfect into the next pick at number 20. With Oh, well, let me tell you something. This is a showdown for me right here. I think I might just be silent for the entirety of this. It is the team you can't stand in your favorite team's division who took uh, a player from the team in college that you so dearly love. So, And with that being said, I'm going to fall back and say, what do you think about Philadelphia? I love the pick because this is a pick that highlights what you just said. This is a guy we heard about every other receiver. We heard about the kid from UCF who can run the 4-2-5. We heard about Kevin White who's 6'2", 220 and runs fast. We heard about – this is a kid that did what you always say, to quote you. I'll tell you what, you want to see how good I am? Go to the damn film room, and I've got three years starting with my true freshman year of me torching defensive backs in the Pac-12. Done. Mm, okay, all and, right. And, I, 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 see, I see your allegiance to college won out over your no, uh, whatever listen, you got I can't, going on. Listen, I'm trying to do a show here with you that I'm, I'm trying to be objective. The Eagles made a good pick for oh, me here. Oh, is this they, you trying? <laughs> I'm trying hard, too. Oh, the Eagles made yeah. a good pick here. They lost Jeremy Macklin. This guy to me, reminds me of Jeremy Macklin. He returns punts. He had four punt returns for touchdowns. He caught, what, 100 balls last year at USC his junior year. He's about the same size as Jeremy Macklin. He's not fast, but he's quick. Out of his breaks, he's polished. I think it's a good pick. Did you happen to see the measurables for Macklin and Aguilar? Exactly no, I didn't. Why? Well, on well, on, exactly the same on everything. Okay, Unless so. I saw some kind of fake graphic. Well, then, the same see. height. Same Your weight, co-host knows what he's size. saying. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, all right. Uh, what did you think along. about the pick? Who cares what I think? Uh, no, I think it's a great pick. You had some people who were down on Nelson Aguilar. I'm not one of those folks. I think he could come in here and do what it is Philadelphia's got to do. But listen, you know, here's my feeling on Philadelphia. I uh, Maybe I'm be wrong on this. I just don't think Chip Kelly's in it for the long haul. Unless he has some super major success coming up here in the next one or two years, I think he's out the door. So if they're not 11 and 5, 10 and 6, 12 and 4 going into the playoffs, 
Um, I don't think he's hanging around. They missed the playoffs. I think the dude's packing up and going to get the best job available because anyone, anyone in college right now outside of the folks that have Urban Meyer and Nick Saban and the big names would be happy to have Chip Kelly, and he knows that. So he's gambling like crazy in Philadelphia. I don't know what's coming behind, uh, but Nelson Aguilar, obviously uh, a good player and worthy of a first-round pick in my opinion. That's, okay. that's what I think on that. 21 Cincinnati, Cedric. Uh, Bowie, i got to be honest, I don't know much about this player. Uh, if you do, feel free to talk about it. Otherwise, we, we're, we'll be sliding Well, he's on. coming off a torn ACL, and my, my overall feeling, and I hate to hold it against the guy, he was ranked higher coming into the season uh, than going out. Obviously, the injury hurts that. I don't, from what I've seen so far in the first, the last two A&M players taken in the top ten at this position, tackle, uh, neither one has struck me as being a star yet. Uh, Jockel, I believe, was one, and then Matthews was the other. Now they're both mm-hmm. early in their career, but usually with a lot of those top ten linemen, you know, the, out of the gate, they they do something to make you say, "Hmm, this guy's going to be a, a, a perennial Pro Bowler." And I haven't seen that with the first two yet that make me say that. So I'm a mm-hmm. little concerned about taking the third one. Um, they they like to throw the ball at A and M. Their their linemen are not really adept at punching you in the mouth and being mm-hmm. physical. So I'm not so sure I love the pick. That's just me, though. Guys coming off of a reconstructive knee surgery, which is not uncommon for an offensive lineman, but you could throw that into the mix of everything you just said right there. Pittsburgh takes Bud Dupree, linebacker from Kentucky. Kentucky not known for throwing out first-round talent, but I am not a guy that's going to argue with a pick taken by the Pittsburgh Steelers because they've been very good at it in terms of draft. And uh, hardly going to do that about them with guys on defense. Uh, Can I say something? I love this pick. I I felt that there was three picks in this first round that were, as far as value and where they got taken, were unbelievable. I thought the Jets getting Williams. I thought the Mm -hmm. Steelers getting this guy. And I think uh, New England's pick we'll talk about later. I I think this guy's 6'4", 270. They said he ran like 4, 5, 6. Um, he's played all over the defense for a team like Kentucky in a, in, in a great conference, and I think he fits exactly what the Steelers like to do there. And, and they need they need help at all three levels. That defense was old and bad last year, so um, I, I love the pick. And we've talked about this. Uh, Pittsburgh is one of the teams in the league that does a really good job of uh, not only drafting good players, but drafting guys who absolutely fit into what it is that they do. The Steelers know what they are, both on offense and defense, and they don't take chances uh, with players in the draft too often in trying to get a guy that they're going to mold into their scheme. They go get guys that they've seen do what it is that they do, and they plug those guys in. And that's why uh, they've been rather successful in this whole yep. draft and you know NFL thing. Um, What do you think about a guy who's had a problem with weed going to uh, Colorado where it's all good out there when it comes to the Leaf? Well, uh, I thought that was an interesting (laughs) irony of this whole draft. But um, Mm -hmm. personally, you know, I'm not a big proponent of of doing weed. I don't think it's Mm -hmm. necessarily something we should be throwing 4 million people in jail for. If you want to do it Mm -hmm. and go turn yourself into a pothead, I'm more along the lines Mm -hmm. of go do it. But... Mm -hmm. I'm not using the 23rd pick in the first round of an NFL draft on a guy who's so stupid that he did it mm-hmm. before the draft because that just tells yeah, me yeah, bad judgment. That's, <laughs> exactly. That's 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 my deal there, all right? Um I'm almost the same with you on that. I'm I'm I just don't agree with guys smoking the weed, but there's a ton of people doing it, which is never an excuse for doing anything, but there are a ton of folks doing this thing. So I'm not, and I'm like Colin Cowherd on this, unless it's my quarterback, I'm, it's not a complete deal killer for me. But the fact that when you did this, 
tells me you've got a problem with it. And for folks who think you could just poo-poo and shoo something like this away, uh, right down here in Miami, we've got a guy, Deion Jordan, that can't get his behind on the field because uh, he's got a problem with substance abuse. So it's poor decision-making. Um, and if you've, if you've heard about or read about and seen the Sh- uh, Shane Ray story, it is a heart-touching story that he could get this far considering what's going on in life. But, man, you've got to make better decisions. And well, Denver kind of rolling the dice at 20. You know what this strikes with, me as? Denver's the girl, okay? She likes the guy. She likes everything about him, okay? but the guy runs around on her. Mm-hmm. Her decision is not to say, well, this guy's just not good for me. Her decision is mm-hmm. saying, I'm going to marry him and I'm going to change him. He's gonna, I'm going to make this guy exactly the way I envision my husband being. And then you know what happens? He runs around on her. Mm. Yeah, and that's kind uh, of what I feel happens in these situations. You know, these guys figure, we'll get him in, we'll put him in our counseling program, yada, yada, yada. And at the end mm. of the day, this guy was willing to do this before the biggest day of his life, you know, basically he's yeah. going to get handed um, millions yeah, of it's, dollars. It's a, it's a problem. In no way you look at, any way you look at it, it's a problem. Uh, Arizona, uh, number 24, takes offensive tackle, D.J. Humphreys from Florida, um, you know, it's a, an area of need. Uh, D.J. Humphreys really got the job done, let's say, in, in pre-draft lead-up. Uh, you had some folks that thought he shouldn't have left Florida early, and you know that was the consensus. And in between that time and leading up to the draft, he really changed a lot of minds. So um, Arizona has a chance to have grabbed a pretty good player here. We'll just have to see how that I like out. the pick. The Arizona went through about 17 quarterbacks last year, and there's a reason for that. They were getting hit a lot, so... Give me, give me a guy down here in 24 that can be a starting plug-in right tackle, hopefully right out of the gate. I like, I like the position he got taken in, and I like uh, the mm-hmm. team he's going to. I think it's a good pick. Yeah, definitely address the need. 25, Carolina takes Shaq Thompson, another one of the Washington uh, uh, guys on, on, on defense, picked up. Um, a great athlete. Kareem uh, Abdul-Jabbar type reach. That's what this was because, for me, this guy is what you just said you don't want. This guy is based on what we think hope. he can do. Hope, yeah. Hope. Yeah. Um, the measurables and all that is what it's in. And just, you know, r- never really showed um, – there's some up and down there. Although he, he's made plays, which would suck you in. He, he made plays in, in his college career, and that will definitely suck you in. So – um, there's a there's a boom or bust factor with with a Shaq Thompson and uh, Carolina made this pick with their fingers crossed. Yep. Which which is the same thing I would say about the next pick with at Baltimore with Brashad Perriman. Um, obviously made big waves with his four two two forty and his pre and his pre draft workouts. Um, never really showed that kind of speed, which is why everyone was very ex- um, caught by surprise by the four two two. Yeah, showed speed. At Central Florida, but not for two-two speed, inconsistent hands, and so this this is not like Baltimore to make this type of pick. Very hopeful, but again, a boomer bust factor. They lost uh, Tory Smith. Have... They lost Tory yes. Smith. They don't like giving up their picks, Baltimore, so they didn't want to trade up to get an Aguilar or a, a Devontae Parker. And what happens mm-hmm. is, I think they got nervous. They didn't want to wait till the mm-hmm. second day. And I think they might have reached a little here. Now, the guy's got boomer bust all over him because he's got the measurables, the size, the speed. But you know what his college drop rate was? 14%. 14% of his passes. He's got a guy that's just going to – listen, they're going to have to do this with him. He's going to be a guy that goes long quite often. It's going to be a track meet for him on Sundays. 
and yes, he'll drop some of those, but at least scare the hell out of the safety and the cornerback and keep people back so you can work underneath. That's what I'm seeing with the Bouchard Perriman, and, and hopefully he develops into a full-blown wide receiver you know, in the National Football League. That's yes. what I'm seeing. Uh, I, hey, listen, you might disagree. I think, I think we've got to reach at the next pick with Dallas and Byron Jones. Everyone fell in love with what he did at the Combine. Yes, he jumped in the air and got stuck. I don't know if this is a big-time first-round cornerback right here uh, for, for Dallas. We'll have to see, but I'm, I don't know that he's that guy, Emil. I just um, no, I don't, I don't I mean, really see that. No, I don't either, but I, I, do, I don't mind it at 27. If you're not moving up and you're staying there, um, I felt there was three directions they could go with this pick by the time it got to them. And by the way, I'm fine with them staying there. I don't want them moving up, reaching for a running back. I think mm-hmm. they'll be fine with whatever running back they take. There's a lot of them. I like Duke Johnson. As you know, I like Coleman. I like the kid from Boise State. Fine with those mm-hmm. picks. So I don't think you need Gurley mm-hmm. or Gordon behind that line. That said, you think you take a Duke Johnson if you've got, uh, you know, if you've got what you've got right now in the backfield for the for the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, oh, I'm okay with Duke playing behind that line. Yeah, I know yeah. that, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm got, okay with it. Listen, I think Dallas invested the money in their offense. You went and got line. McFadden. Is that not the same player? Or? Well, I McFadden's a little bit bigger guy, yeah. version. Duke's 5'9", what, 207. He, you know, he hits the hole fast. I, I like Duke. I like Coleman, and I like the kid from Boise. I, I'm fine. Listen, I didn't want Dallas going and giving up a third-round pick to move up to get Gordon or to move up and get Gurley. While I like both backs a lot, if you're investing that heavily in your offensive line, you can't decimate the rest of your draft with the needs they have on defense to go get a running back in a draft that probably has six or seven or eight guys that can be productive NFL backs. I'm fine with the pick here. I thought they could have did three things. I, had John, I, I told my son-in-law, Jones, Malcolm Brown from Texas, or they're trading it to Tampa, moving down to 33 first the pick of the second round and grabbing themselves an extra third rounder. That's the only three ways yeah, I thought they could go here. I wouldn't have mind seeing Duke at somewhere like a St. Louis or maybe even San Diego, and that's until you know. But what's not you like? Here's what I think with Byron Jones. I think he gives them his position flexibility. Okay, mm-hmm. he was a safety for two years in college in a corner. He was productive. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a team leader by all accounts, mm-hmm. a high character guy. And yes, they mm-hmm. like the measurables. He's six one, two hundred mm-hmm. pounds. Whatever he did, a twelve three broad jump and a forty four inch vertical. I mean, that's impressive. Now, doesn't help you cover anybody. But he, he did intercept passes and knock down balls. It's not like they're just taking a guy who did nothing. We're going to have to see it. Um, uh, me, me personally. I'm going to. Yeah, I'm gonna listen, I'm it. not arguing with you in that. I don't think you, you could be right. Um, I just don't mind it at this at the end of the first round. I think he had the, you know, first, second round grade, late first, early second round grade to me. So I'm okay yep. with it. Number 28, Detroit addresses a need, a pick they got from Denver, Lakin yep. Tomlinson, guard from Duke. Um, you know, we're at this part in the first round where you say you're a little bit more okay with yeah. uh, hope, and there's a little bit of hope here, a lot of potential. Um, and for Detroit, you know, an area that they need to fill, we're getting to a point where Detroit doesn't have glaring uh, gaps um, and what they need to do, they just need to be. They need they need certain role players, and and they can get to where they want to go. They took a giant leap forward, and uh, th- it's okay for them to. Agree. And yeah, and they traded for that right baseball player, team. offensive guard from the Broncos. So now they got two guards coming in. Well, so so there you Manny go. Manny Fernandez so doesn't that sound like a baseball guard. player? Isn't that the guy's uh, name? Very Manny? much so, and there's probably 15 guys named Manny Fernandez playing baseball this afternoon uh, yes. here down here in, in in Miami. Number 29. 
Philip Dorsett, I like the pick for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, another weapon for uh, Andrew Luck. And look, for now, look at that lineup that they've got over there uh, at Washington. Well, wait a second. This is where you and I are going to disagree in that. I like the player, and the same way you, you don't you disagree with me on Jones. I like Dorsett. I just don't like the pick for Indy. Listen, Indy doesn't have problems scoring. Okay, they, they they have enough weapons. What they do have problems is they can't run the ball because their offensive line stinks, and they better start keeping Andrew Luck upright. We saw what happened to Indy toward the end of last year when they went and played some physical teams, and the game that sticks out was when I watched them Dallas beat them 42-7, okay? Mm-hmm. You, there was other that needs. That can't be what you're going to hold. No, but what I'm saying season. is, they got beat up a lot up front last year in games where they played more physical teams. I would have liked to mm-hmm. see them either go offense or defensive line and get a little more beef. They can already move the ball. I think this is a luxury pick. I think he's a fine player, but there's one football. I mean, I got think, he, I, I think it fits into something that they're trying to do. There. I agree with some of what you said. I think it really fits into what I think they want uh, that really, really scary player on offense. Some would say that T.Y. Hilton is that. But uh, I think how much more effective T.Y. Hilton is going to be when you have a Philip Dorsett who would, be, would essentially be replacing a Reggie Wayne who would, you know, come to the, to the end of his career, essentially. So you've got a guy like Philip Dorsett that can keep a safety five more yards back, and you've got T.Y. Hilton that could do some things. And you remember, now you also got Andre Johnson, who you're going to get uh, several good years out of here. I think they got a chance to really be explosive in their passing game, and that's what the Colts like to do. And you can't run the ball if they lined you and me up on the defensive line. Well, what do they have back there? Yeah, perhaps they could have picked up a running back, okay, perhaps. They just haven't had anyone elite back there carrying the ball, too. So we can rail all day about um, their offensive line, and I know you come from the company of um, you could put anyone back there at running back. No, listen, I'm not saying that you could put anyone back there. What I'm saying is how about let's get an offensive line where there's a hole once in a while. I mean. And they could can still we do, do that? that though. They could still do that. They could still do that. Maybe. The, we'll see. Uh, like I said, Dorsett's a fine player, so I can't kill him on the pick. I mean, he's a good mm-hmm. player. I just think they have other needs besides wide receiver. Number 30 uh, was a surprise to me, Demarius Randall, the DB from Arizona State, being taken before Landon Collins. That was a little bit of an eye-opener for me. I thought for sure that was the route that Green Bay was going to go. Uh, apparently they liked Demarius Randall. Better. Did you watch any film of this guy? Because here's my question I want to pose to you, and I'm just not sure when I talk about Randall. I watched a lot of Arizona State games being a big Pac-12 fan. Every time I watched Arizona State, and I'm not blaming him, I'm just making this observation, somebody was throwing the ball all over Arizona State. I mean, like, yeah, all well, over them. They had a boom-or-bust defense. I think we talked about this during the season. Blitz-happy, uh, extremely blitz-happy, and you had – uh, one or two things happen on most plays against Arizona State's defense last year. A turnover that could turn into a touchdown for Arizona State or a big play for the opposition because someone was wide open or someone got beat. And you know what? A lot of times in the middle of their defense, they had some problems. Um, and that's why I would have pause right here. You, you like the plays that the guys made in in his college career for Arizona State, especially last year, but take a look at what he was playing in. And if you're not playing that, uh, you might not get what you got. Uh, well, college. the rumor I hear, and I, you know, who knows what Green Bay's thinking, is that, that they see him as a corner, maybe even a slot corner. So, you know, if, if, if they that, see him as a – And now that becomes a reach for me, and this is not something Green Bay does very well. Well, right, it becomes a reach for me too because that's not what he did necessarily. He played some slot, but, I mean – 
he wasn't that wasn't his primary position. And if you're telling me you see him as a safety, I'm telling you I see Landon Collins from Alabama as a safer bet here. But hey, they're the Packers that, and they that win. That was my so. thinking. Yeah, well, how much can we question him? We got to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I would have thought Collins here. 31. Um, Stevon Anthony, linebacker from Clemson. Clemson love in the first round. Me personally, okay? Me personally, um, I don't know if this is the pick that that I would have made, but the Saints do need some help on defense. They do need that. Um, so, uh, well, let me ask you this. Was, if you're the Saints, okay, you're sitting there at 31. You know, you're almost into the second round. And I knew about the first kid from Clemson, Beasley. I didn't know much about this kid, but you're telling me you pass on Eric Kendricks from UCLA to take this guy? Um, I guess guess that's what they did. Well, that's what they did tell you. I'm asking Chad. I'm not asking, would you or – I mean, I see for me, I see Kendricks sitting there at 31. I'm grabbing him. Look, for me, okay, for me, look, they went with a big guy, a six foot three guy. Uh, give me Denzel Perriman any day of the week. Oh, Denzel yeah, the, Perriman, that's I right. Perriman from Miami me, sitting there, too. Good point. Give me that yeah. guy. That guy can play yep. for me any day of the week. Uh, but for them, I guess they wanted a bigger guy, and Perriman's is what? Uh, six feet, 5'11. No, I, I like Perriman. That. That's a very good point. He was still He's still available. Yeah, there's a couple guys, a couple directions I probably would have went here other than this player. But again, you can't kill him necessarily because he comes from a big program that's been winning, so maybe they know something that you and I don't know. Yeah. Um, who knows? But when it comes to defense, I'm not giving the Saints the benefit of the doubt, okay? <laughs> so we'll just have to see if this guy at 6'3", 245 is everything they thought he would be. And then finally, the New England Patriots get their replacement for Vince Wolfert, Malcolm Brown, defensive tackle, Texas. You and I talked about it during the season. We like a whole lot of what Texas did, and part of that was defense last year. And uh, this guy um, was a player there. He was a player there on the inside. This pick I, made I, I the like most sense to me. At the end of the, the round here, you know, when I said earlier about 10 minutes ago, I said to me, this guy was either going to Dallas, and if he got by Dallas, I saw him going here. Um, I think he makes more sense here than in Dallas because of the way I see him playing and being used in New England as opposed to Dallas. So for the player, I actually think he ended up personally, I think, in a better defensive system. Um, mm-hmm. And I like the pick for New England because with Will Fork, on the, you know, going and not being there anymore, you got to add some bulk, and you know, he certainly does that. He's a big man. Yeah, and good for this guy because they already know that a player of his type, um, and we're just talking physically right now. We'll find out more about what he is mentally in the NFL, but a player physically um, like this has already played in this system and been successful. So we're plugging a guy in, a younger guy, a younger version of what we just had. And if you're right, if you're together mentally, um, you have a chance to, to, to do what the guy before you did and, and, and can aspire to be better. So I like that kind of stuff. You know, we've been successful with this type of player here. We're plugging another one in that's younger and more energetic and all that good stuff and comes at a cheaper price. Uh, well, yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, I we'll, think we'll I think um, I think I think they'll be fine with this guy. I like the pick. I, I really like it. Yeah, I I agree with that. I do need to go through this list and find out how many uh, we agreed on liking out of this first round. But nevertheless, uh, we've got six more rounds of this thing coming up. Sometimes these first round picks make a lot more sense when you see what is done in the uh, you know the rounds that come after it. So. 
some interest there. I think you'll have you really clarity by the end of tonight. I really think by the end of the third round, we're, we're teams, like I said, they're taking, their, as I say, their investments. When you see what three investments they've made, then you get clarity as to if your pick in the first round made any sense or not. Yeah, these next two or three rounds are where you make your money if you're NFL brass and personnel, all right? Everyone knows these names that we just talked about here in the first round, but it's these guys that you really went out and scouted. Um, that's that's really where you you you, you know you, you build your squad and uh, you do you do great things. So that's why I'm terribly interested in the second and third round going tonight. I know you folks out there are, and uh, we thank you for being interested in the Gridiron Stud Show today. We thank you all for listening. We thank you for continuing to make us a featured show on blogtalkradio.com. Uh, enjoy the draft tonight. Enjoy your weekend. And for Emil Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys on Monday. high school recruits out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.